welcome back to another episode of Two Roads Converge, where pop culture meets history. I'm your host, Morgan Hume. On this podcast where we explore the history behind different movies, music, books, as well as other forms of pop culture and how they continue to live on today. New episodes are released every other Monday. So, similar to the last episode, the topics on the table for today may seem a bit random, but this only goes to show you how much historical fiction really does influence pop culture. Today's episode will range from discussing children's toys, to a classic piece of literature, to a show that's still dominating the Broadway community. And all of these things, of course, have to do with historical events. It's only August, but considering pumpkin spice coffee is only right around the corner, Let's start with a spooky topic, the Salem Witch Trials. The Salem Witch Trials took place from 1692 to 1693 in the town of Salem, Massachusetts, which is just north of Boston. Essentially, the troubling time began with a pair of cousins named Abigail and Betty. The two young girls started acting very bizarrely and it was hard for them to even sleep, to eat, to talk, and it was more than just a typical temper tantrum. No one could get them under control, and the way that their bodies were moving was, well, unnatural. Soon, a doctor diagnosed the odd behavior as witchcraft, and from there, more and more women began exhibiting similar behavior people believed the witchcraft was spreading, and they held a number of trials to try to get to the bottom of what was happening. At the time, in that extremely religious and tight-knit area, witchcraft was a crime that was punishable by death. So, women who were thought to be witches were either killed or jailed for months just for being accused. Unlike today's courts, back then, accusations were looked at as more of factual evidence than something to further explore or dive into. And to make matters worse for these women, they had to pay for their own room and board when they were in jail. Of course, nowadays it's hard to believe that these girls and these women were actually taken over by some sort of evil spirit. And despite some theories, no one actually knows for sure what caused all of the strange behavior. Almost 300 years later, playwright Arthur Miller brought the dark period back into the mainstream. In 1953, in the midst of the spread of communism and the Red Scare, he published a play called The Crucible which you may have read in a high school theater or English class. Although parts of his writing are fictionalized, as is the case with most works of historical fiction, Miller based the characters off real people from the town. A key difference from the play, however, versus the real-life events, is that in The Crucible, the women were actually trying to practice witchcraft. And in real life, 
Odds are they weren't. But Miller expertly captured the cycle of fear, paranoia, and wild accusations that were unfolding every day in Salem. While The Crucible is widely read and respected today, it wasn't when it first came out. The Crucible served as Miller's response to Senator Joseph McCarthy's politics and the ongoing craze of exposing communism in the United States. The Crucible was seen as a very controversial work, and Miller was blacklisted for writing and publishing it. But, of course, as times changed, so did public opinion about the play. In 1991, while visiting Salem for the first time since researching the trials for his play, Miller said this. And uh, what my play is really about and what I think Salem means, or should be, is that here uh, some people refuse to compromise with the government and tell lies in order to save their lives. We can be led or misled by appeals to a certain kind of purity of belief. And uh, a politician who has no qualms about telling lies, uh, it happens all the time, of course, can uh, very quickly generate a, a, a following among certain people by telling them that if they follow him, they leave sin behind. Because of the Salem Witch Trials and the Crucible, Salem, Massachusetts has become a huge tourist destination, and the local economy thrives during the month of October. Tourists can visit sites like the Salem Witch Museum, House of the Seven Gables, Witch Dungeon Museum, and the Salem Witch Trials Memorial. And while sales for witch costumes, candy, and pumpkins skyrocket in October, sales for children's toys skyrocket in December. Which brings us to the next topic, American Girl Dolls. American Girl Dolls are a classic and a staple in many childhoods. I know that my doll is still somewhere in my parents' basement, either in a box or hiding along with the rest of my toys. A retired teacher and writer named Pleasant Roland began the company in 1986, and since then, generation after generation has fallen in love with the 18-inch, $100 price tag dolls. After a trip to Colonial Williamsburg in Virginia, Roland was inspired to build a line of dolls that were educational as well as fun. The classic American Girl dolls each have their own book detailing their life, set in unique time periods and during different historical circumstances. The stories include a girl being in a family of pioneers, in the 1850s, somewhere out in the Midwest, and another watching her father head overseas to serve in the 1940s during World War II. Some of the other girls are living in more modern times and rocking all sorts of vintage fashion from the 1960s and 70s. The dolls and their different backstories represent various walks of life all through the simple lens of girlhood. 
even with children growing more fond of screens and cell phones and less fond of physical toys, the American Girl doll and the company has definitely withstood the test of time. Today's dolls have purple and pink hair, and they come with trendy outfits that even I would buy myself at the mall. Plus, they have different online games and even a cafe inside the store if you do shop in person. But an in-person experience that's a bit harder to get nowadays is a live performance. But don't worry, because in the midst of these crazy times, Hamilton has got that covered. The groundbreaking musical is based on the 2004 biography Alexander Hamilton by Ron Chernow, which is all about the life of one of America's founding fathers, who was also the face of the $10 bill and who spent his career defending the United States Constitution. Alexander Hamilton served as the first secretary of the U.S. Treasury and wrote until his hands gave out. But, unfortunately, in 1804, around the age of 50, he was fatally shot by his political opponent, Aaron Burr, in a deadly duel. Hamilton had an interesting life, filled with passionate writing and letters, a juicy sex scandal, and intense debates with other politicians of the time. And in 2016, playwright Lin-Manuel Miranda brought Hamilton's story to the stage, capturing the attention of not just history buffs, but theater lovers and children, and more of an everyday audience. He wrote a contemporary musical with a soundtrack that combines hip-hop, rap, jazz, and typical show tunes. Despite taking place way back in the 1700s, Hamilton is a very modern show. And since its debut, people everywhere have fallen in love with the songs, the cast, and the storyline. Which explains why, in 2016, Hamilton was nominated for 16 Tony Awards and won 11 of them, which included Best Musical. Although the musical Hamilton has now been around for a few years, new people are continuing to fall in love with it. Earlier this summer, a film version of the musical was released exclusively on the streaming service Disney+. It was shot on stage at the Richard Rogers Theater in New York City in 2016, with members of the original Broadway cast. So get ready to see some familiar faces, like Lin-Manuel Miranda playing the lead role of Alexander Hamilton and Jonathan Groff as the funny and very sassy King George. At first, this film was supposed to come out in theaters in October of next year, 2021. But due to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, the release came a lot sooner and now is accessible to a much wider audience. So, did you have any American Girl dolls growing up? What's your favorite song from the Hamilton soundtrack? Let me know in the comments and don't forget to follow this podcast on Instagram and Twitter for updates on the show and for additional content. Once again, new episodes air every other Monday.
I hope that you were able to learn something interesting and that you'll join us right here again next time. Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.